Welcome to Lakes United Stand podcast. Just arrived in Istanbul and got a bus from the airport on the Asian side to the Taksim Square. I've already been done. Here's out. Bus was two quid. Fine. It's packed. Got off the bus at Taksim and there's a queue of taxis. A fella comes up to me. Where you're going to, implying that his taxi was, the, was a public one, one with um, a light on the top. He said, uh, told him the name of my hotel, it's not far away. He said, That's uh, 25, it's about £2.50. Got in the car, there was another driver in it, and I handed him 50, a fiver. He went, Old money, you can only use that in the markets, not in taxis. What? So, pulled out the money I had and I changed 50 quid up so I had a £10 note he went look at this one I said look mate let's just leave it because um, he was asking me for euros or pounds and we'd agreed 25 so I got the money back off him got out of the cab looked at the uh, the bank note and it was a 10 so taking 200 off me with a sleight of hand changed it for a 10 I'm gutted, I'm not good about the tenor, I'm gutted that he's done me. That's my first uh, welcome to Istanbul, a city where I've got very mixed memories. So I'm now in the cab, going past the erotic shop. Uh, places which change money, loads of hotels. Not far from uh, Taksim Square, which is the main square of, of Istanbul. It's one where away fans have tended to gravitate towards sometimes with uh, tragic consequences when the Leeds United fans were here before a game two of them were killed uh, my first journey to this city was in 1993 with Manchester United to play against Galatasaray and uh, I didn't see the game got, got uh, locked up with 164 United fans putting a put in a cell for 24 hours, we had no water, we had to sign, um, we had to sign forms we didn't understand and then the guards were winding us up, implying that we'd see the game, we're just in these dark cells, cramped, sat on the floor and then they took us not to the stadium but to the airport, they tipped all our passports out of a bin liner and they tried to intimidate us as we got back onto the plane. Uh, so that's not an incident I'd ever forget that said I really like this city been taxi drivers aside I've been here many times with United to about other games I've been to cover Galatasaray I've been through here I've been here for tourism stopped here on the way to Tehran stopped here on the way to Bursa Sport to watch United in 2010 it's a really beautiful city I'm staying right in the centre of it as well. I'm told there was a little bit of an Indian summer, but that's now calmed, and I'm back here at the start of November, as I was back in 1993. There was one other United fan on the plane from Manchester, which was packed. The flight was only 60 quid. No complaints there. My flight back was on Thursday, and within 10 minutes of booking it, it was cancelled. And then... Um, Obviously, restrictions have come in since then, but 
I'm going here to, to do my job, to go to the game. I'm not sure whether I'll be by myself, as was the case in Paris, where I was the only uh, British journalist there. Obviously, there were French journalists there. And maybe there'll be one or two. I'm told of uh, one person who's already out here. And it's the third group game. United against the Turkish champions. By the end of this podcast, I will learn to pronounce the name of it properly. I think I might be coming up to my hotel now. It's funny, sitting in parts we're already familiar, not just the obvious sights. One of the great things about watching football in this country is the atmosphere in the stadiums. It's one of the best in the world. It's up there with Argentina, Greece, maybe Italy. Top top levels, miles miles louder than you'd find in in England. And I went back to Galatasaray a year after '93, and I'm still probably one of the loudest I've ever heard. Apparently, the game which we didn't get into a year earlier was even louder. Uh, the stadium only held twenty five thousand. It was only it was uncovered at both ends, and fans would jump up and down to each other and sing it in unison. It was, it was absolutely incredible, and they're in the stadium hours before the game started. I think this is my hotel. Looks like it from the picture. No, it's not. <laughs> that was the deer one round the corner, which looks... Um, but to be honest, it's quite cheap because uh, there's not many people travelling and also the Turkish Lira has crashed. Just about the only um, currency one of the few currencies which is, is weaker against the pound so maybe they have to make it up in, in other ways but I've travelled around the country been to Gallipoli um, which is in Turkey uh, obviously very famous battle site from the First World War and one which particularly resonates with um, the Anzacs the Australian New Zealand Army Corps but when I went there the cemetery was full of men from a city called Manchester never seen anything like it before just Manchester, 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 Manchester 17 years old 18, 17, 18, 19, 20 17, 18 you don't forget things like that so I'm just going through a pretty cool part of Istanbul actually and I'm here for three days United so the mood just swings wildly with, with the results and I try to be balanced and you know that it's a process that's going to take some time for Oli Gunnar Solskjaer but it's still swinging, you know the, the victory against uh, RB was brilliant and everyone's on a high for a few days and then bang the defeat against um, Arsenal which was awful and another insipid pedestrian performance against a team from London Al Trafford in the league there's been four of them now this season and I, that worried me that game really worried me just as I felt and that there's going to be ups and downs along the way if Ollie's going to stay and I hope he does but he, this home form's got to improve I think that means we've arrived Maybe not. And uh, this is quite an important game. Um, I think people are expecting to win it, but actually they're a very good side. 
have watched them against PSG last week. They played well. And we're only a third away into the group. The group's been exceptionally good for the United so far. No complaints at all. But that Arsenal defeat and the way in which the team being, keep being outsmarted tactically as well is another worry. Although, after Leipzig last week, we were talking up all this tactical acumen. And it's just the highs are one side are too high because it can never be too high, but the lows are definitely too low. And here's my hotel, is it? No. Thank you. So I made it to the stadium. It's on the outskirts of Istanbul towards the new airport. It took about an hour in a taxi, although the taxis are inexpensive here. It's been quite a cool day here. And I'm with a Turkish journalist and he's laughing because I've just said taxis are inexpensive. <laughs> Maybe I should tell him later on what happened to me when I got in a taxi in Taksim Square last night, which you will have all know because you will have listened to the start of this podcast. But yeah, got to the ground. It's about 20,000 all-seater. It's surrounded by new shopping malls, new condos, and it's all new. And that seems to me to be what the club is like. But I'm not an expert here. I know enough about Turkish football, but nowhere near as much as people who live here and breathe it and write about it. So welcome. What's your name and where are you from? Hi, uh, my name is Mesut uh, from Istanbul. Uh, I follow Galatasaray team. I'm, uh, I'm, I work with Sözcü newspaper. Uh, and I'm sorry for taxi driver. <laughs> the, the, the taxi to the stadium was uh-huh. no problem. The, the, I was uh, uh, talk with Matt. Yeah. <laughs> I say don't trust the taxi driver. Yeah. <laughs> and no. uh, this is normal. After match, I can take you with my car. <laughs> oh, you, well, I appreciate you very much. How old are you? And I asked that. Can you remember Manchester United Galatasaray in 1993? Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm, I'm 14 years old, and uh, five year or six years. No, uh, before five or six years, I was in Manchester uh, for Galatasaray. Manchester, we was Galatasaray was lost one zero. Manchester is special for Galatasaray fans. Manchester United, it's really special because. Uh, Galatasaray's history is uh, for uh, you know Schmeichel. Uh, all yes. people, if you go to the outside now, if you say Mike, uh, what do you think about Manchester United? Say oh Schmeichel. Oh, uh, mm, uh, because of important. what? Because of what he did on the pitch in Old Trafford with the protester Schmeichel. Is this why they say that? No, because the. Uh, uh, Arif Adam was uh, make one good goal, uh, and uh, the journalist was talk in television. He said, "Not Schmeichel. All in the world, all Schmeichel. If they came, they can take this ball." And the people say, "Oh, the people learn Schmeichel that." Uh, and uh, it, it was it was second. Historical uh, Galatasaray f- for Galatasaray history. It's second uh, big match, and uh, Galatasaray was three-three. I guess there. Uh, there, uh, I can repeat again: the Galatasaray match is special for Galatasaray fans. <laughs> can you tell me about the club where we're here tonight? Istanbul 
Besak Shahir. How Bashak do I pronounce Shahir. it? Basak Shahir. Okay. Basak Shahir. This club is it's, it's new uh, before 12 years. Uh, it's it was local local uh, team uh, and they they make up too much, uh, too fast, and uh, the people don't know how they come to here. And uh, but I can explain because I know. Uh, four years, they 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 buy good pe- uh, good uh, players, and two years they played for champions. Uh, be- before two day, two years they didn't, but last year they they do. How they do? Uh, they had good players. It's okay. Uh, I can't. I never say they have not good players. It's okay, but. Uh, uh, the referee, they support a lot of uh, match. They support Basakshi uh, because Galatasaray, Fenerbahce, or Besiktas, they can't say nothing because this is political. Uh, this club is a political construct. Yes, of course. Of Why? Course. Why? Uh, the president, Bashakshi, president, uh, he's, uh, he's married with, uh, how I can express, I, first of all, I, I'm sorry for my English. <laughs> uh, they, he, met, he married uh, with President Erdogan's uh, wife, sisters, I guess. Okay. Yeah, uh, and they support, and uh, they, the federation uh, also, they don't know about the football, nothing, because they are uh, engineer and uh, they just build uh, a bridge and uh, uh, government make uh, support them and they said, okay, you can be football federation president and uh, the control uh, with uh, the government. Project uh, will was the champions. It's easy, but I can repeat again. He has good uh, team. He has good team. It's okay. They they are they are okay. They are good. Uh, but this is my uh, idea. How many people watch this team? The stadium holds twenty thousand. When they play against Antalya Sport mm-hmm. in a league game, how many people are here? Five thousand, ten thousand, twenty thousand. Two thousand. <laughs> yeah, two thousand. Because they have not fans. They have, but they don't have an established fan base. Yeah. What, what yeah. about when they play Galatasaray Fenerbahce? Uh, the, the, yeah, mm, if if they play with Galatasaray and Fenerbahce, if we have not Corona, Galatasaray fans more. They all over the stadium. Yeah, not all of because the, uh, the club don't want. They we have one corner here, but the Galatasaray. Mm, say make that full, but the uh, Bashakshi three thousand three hundred. Uh, they are a lot of uh, fans, and they are work. They are worker because Bashakshi. How I can explain Bashakshi is like uh, a working class area. No, so, it's, so a wealthy area. And then it was linked to the municipality. Yeah, the Bulyasevich. Yeah. Yes, I agree. And uh, it's normal. They have not funds, but... Uh, and I guess uh, Galatasaray, Fenerbahce and Bishiktesh funds don't like that. And now, if you ask uh, 
if you ask to many, not all, if you ask to many fans uh, who will support Manchester or Başakşehir, I guess all they will say Manchester. Really? <laughs> yeah, Even though it's a Turkish team, <laughs> yes. because they don't want them to be successful yes. in Europe. Yeah. But uh, I don't know why, but uh, if Galatasaray play uh, with Manchester, Fenerbahce will support Fener yeah, Manchester. Yeah. If Fenerbahce will play across the Manchester, Galatasaray will support Manchester. <laughs> the Turkish idea. <laughs> Thank you for your time. Welcome. Right, you know where I am, and it's loud. Very loud. Dean Henderson, Harry Maguire, Juan Mata, Martial, Rashford, Fernandez, Shaw, Juan Bissaka, Matic, Van der Beek, Ranzabi. With a subs bench of De Gea, Lindelof, Pogba, Cavani, Greenwood, Fred, James, Fosu, Mansur, Igolo, Williams, McTominay, Menge. Yes, there's 12 people on the bench. And that's right. You can hear VIP fans singing. I think I need to do my bit here, don't I? There is a flag in the vicinity with Manchester 1878 on it. There are a couple of other people of Red Persuasion here. Anyway, the zebras are here. I'm pretty optimistic because it's midweek and it's away. Istanbul, Basaks are here against Manchester United, Wednesday the 4th of November, 2020. Here we go. Hi, Ollie. What's your assessment of that game tonight? Not good enough. Not much enough. Difficult to assess the full game straight away, of course. But you started off in the first 10 minutes, you looked like we had some space and that we could uh, find some decent openings. But uh, then we left ourselves wide open for, uh, of course, the two goals, two counter attacks. Disappointing. And then uh, good response, good goal after the second. And then you think second half we can push on and create chances, but we just couldn't break them down. How did you see that first goal? Well, we play a short corner and uh, everyone forgets uh, that there's actually uh, players we're playing against. And then Babai just snuck in behind uh, us and lack of communication and lack of uh, good decisions, of course. And then uh, that's... Uh, you don't really see them goals at this level, and uh, you shouldn't uh, shouldn't uh, concede easy goals like this. We know how hard it is to uh, create chances, to create goals, and when you give easy and soft goals like the two we've done here today, uh, it makes it a lot harder. So it's two o'clock in the morning in Istanbul, and it sounds really late, but didn't get out of the stadium till. Half past twelve, and we found a place which is open. And there's a cover of a song, Give Me the Night. I think George Benson sang the original one of this. And anyway, what I'm talking about music for that performance tonight was pretty atrocious. And coming as it does straight after the defeat against Arsenal, the mood has slumped in comparison from a week ago after the 5 0 win against RB Leipzig. I'm with Matt Ford, Matt's 
was on the podcast last week and he was in the ground as a journalist tonight. And uh, there were a couple of United fans there. Well, there was one, Kevin. And Kevin, I told you, he was in Paris. And Kevin got in the ground tonight. So he came all the way to Istanbul. He's just sent me a text saying, I got in. So you might have heard them ultra-style fans singing throughout the game. There was about 30 of them, tops, but they were really loud. And the acoustics of the ground lent themselves to that loud, echoey sound. But Kevin got in, in that section. I would have loved it if he would have just stood up and gone, yeah, I did. But asking for the smallest of mercies tonight. United were horrendous, especially in the first half. And just spoke to Oli Gunnar and to the Istanbul coach. Comes across well. He's obviously doing, doing very well there and he was buzzing. A, off getting Edison Cavani's shirt for his son and B, off beating Manchester United. And you would do if you're in. But my concerns are not really. That's okay. Istanbul. Matt, did, what did you make of it tonight? Like you said, Paul, um, although I don't think I don't think it's going to come as a massive shock to people, given that we've been on this seesaw seesaw ride up and down, positives, you know, extreme positives to extreme negatives, pretty much ever since the start of Oli Gunnar Solskjaer's reign at United. Mm. So on that level, it's, it's, it's difficult to say that tonight's performance was a massive surprise. Uh, it certainly wasn't a huge departure from what we saw the weekend against Arsenal. Um, and it wasn't a departure from from Tottenham at home, from Palace at home. Um, there's, there's, there's just as many examples of those performances than there are as you know, the PSG away times too. Um, RB Leipzig the other week, performances like that. Um, and now that, yeah, now that you're telling me that Kev actually got in the ground, I'm also disappointed that I didn't hear a, didn't hear a rendition of the Calypso coming out from the, uh, the Bashak Shahir VIP section. Are they getting thrown out? Don't know. We're in a bar, they're leaving anyway. Well, it's late bells, isn't it? Um, but yeah, disappointing from start to finish. Um, in the hour or so since the game's finished, I've seen a couple of, couple of stills from the build-up to that goal. And it gets worse every time you see the first one. As you describe it as farcical at one point. And I, at the time, I thought, OK, farcical... Is he being a little bit extreme with that? I've just seen it back. Oh, it is. It's possible. United's entire outfield, outfield ten players, are effectively in Bashak Shahir's box or in their final third when the when the long ball gets played through. It's absolutely, it's it's absolutely schoolboy, and it's unacceptable. It's not it's not Champions League level performance. But that happened a few times. Obviously, they scored from that, but. Um, when Suan Zavi picked up his yellow card in the first half, that came from a similar situation with a long ball over the top tag in Denver Barbie, who caused us problems all night. Um, United's attempts to play out from the back were quickly thwart, uh, thwarted, either by either by good pressing or by sloppy passing, particularly what led, what led to the second goal. And even before the second goal, there was the, um, the header, which Henderson managed to save, which, um, which came from a run which came unchecked late into the box. Smacked to me of a Bashak Sahir team that had a couple of clear plans at how to get at United tonight. I think that made United's lack of uh, lack of any ideas even more even even starker. 
You sat in the press conference, you were one of two journalists in there, others joined in on Zoom. What did you make of Oli Gunnar's demeanour? Because you're not seeing him weekly like I am. When you saw him talking afterwards, what type of figure did you think he cut? I found a couple of his answers a little bit baffling, if I'm honest. Which ones? Why? Well, I in particular asked about the role of Donny van der Beek tonight. I was obviously happy to see him start. Um, I wasn't getting carried away with the fact that he hadn't been starting in recent weeks. Um, I think we've got enough games, enough of a congested, congested, congested fixture that's coming up to, to, to allow for a bit of rotation. <clears throat> but he did start tonight, and um, I thought he, he, he was one of the United's better players, particularly in the 15 minutes after... Um, after half-time, when United had a good little spell and were starting to move the ball quicker, move it a bit more intricately, a bit more direct passing, I thought, and a couple of times at that point, I think you said to me twice, we'll win this tonight now. And with that momentum building, I thought, yeah, yeah, there's probably a goal coming here. And then he took him off. I thought that was strange. And then for Solskjaer to explain that by saying that it was, it was tactical... Because we were, I think we were leaving big gaps down the right hand side, and then to follow it up with, Donny had some good touches tonight, but today wasn't his time to shine. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer is the manager of Manchester United, not me, but I thought that Danny Van der Beek was one of our more, yeah, more impressive performers tonight, and I find it a bit baffling that he came off. So, do you think Oli's the man to take United forward? Ultimately, I don't. Ultimately, I think a point was always going to be reached where Solskjaer was going to reach um, a glass ceiling. I don't think it's Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's fault that that glass ceiling's there above him. I think that's going to be typical of any of any manager with his with his CV. I think he's doing his very, very best. I think he's done positive things at United. I think his transfers have been largely successful. The way he wants to shape the squad's been a, de- a, a decent start. The way he's improved the atmosphere around the club um, has been has been a massive positive. Um, but I think there's been there's been far too many games right from the start. Where even even some of United's biggest results and some of United, some of Solskjaer's biggest results have for me have for me been heavily caveated. Um, the oft-cited PSG away win the first time when we were all there in Paris, as brilliant as it was in the vein that night, I'd absolutely belting night but it was a massive fluke it was a massive massive fluke um, people highlight the Tottenham game away at Wembley the 1-1 draw I'm pretty sure David De Gea made about 13 saves that game I, I don't think it was a, a tactical masterclass yeah um, and I think you've been, if you've been overly critical even a couple of the wins away at City have been based purely on counter attacks which um, when they then turned us over in that first leg of the, of the of the League Cup tie, thought that showed quite clearly who who had whose number in that game. Um, and I think we've been overly critical. I think even Julian Nagelsmann got it completely wrong at Old Trafford last week. And I'm tempted to say that that five nil was potentially arguably more Nagelsmann and and Red Bull Leipzig getting it completely wrong, rather than Man United getting it absolutely spot on. And that's not to say that sacking Solskjaer tomorrow or whatever after after next week's result or the week after that 
would be would be the solution to any of United's problems. That's that, that's also not the case. It's, it's not black and white like that. United's problems go so much deeper. Um, we we've we've tried every option every option a coach. Um, Moyes, Van Gaal, Mourinho, all different types of coaches. With, we're supposed to have a different impetus and slightly different philosophy, but I still don't. I, I still don't see any light, any light at the end of the tunnel. Um, whether, whether that will come with Solskjaer or, or not, I, I don't think it's down. I don't think it's down to who's in charge. I really don't. I think um, we've seen enough now over the past seven or eight years to make it clear that it's not. As while each individual manager might have had their own individual problems, um, that's undoubtedly the case. Um, the, the common denominator is still there that the, the recruitment's been poor in the manager in the managerial department. It's after two o'clock. I'm goosed, mate. I'm going to bed. Thanks for your time. It's the day after the game. I'm in Istanbul. You can hear the call to prayer and. The mosques, which puncture the skyline in this beautiful city. Walking down a darkened street now, right in the centre. And uh, my phone goes flying. Jeez, how am I on earth am I in this situation here now? I don't know why, but everything's just closed. The street was hammered when I walked down it yesterday and none of the shops are open. Anyway, mad day when United lose. It usually is, especially if they win. If they lose two games in succession, and my feelings haven't really changed from last night. People are speculating that if uh, United lose at Everton, that'll be the end of all. I don't think it is. The club are adamant that they will not be sacking Ole Gunnar, they're going to stick with him. Clearly the pressure is growing with the bad results. We've been here before. When United most need a result, they usually get one. And I don't know if you're going to be able to win it now. But I'm going to head back and we'll bring you the next podcast. Which will pass this mosque. Uh, we've also... stand out early next week if you ordered a copy or if you subscribe well it's been printed and packaged so the mag is out next Tuesday um, go on and order a copy you can do over the weekend and um, just paypal 399 to uwsmag at yahoo.co.uk we're only doing one mail out a week and the deadline this issue was last week but we'll be doing one per week from this point onwards and then it's United at Goodison where uh, last 
April 9th, April 19th, United lost 4 0. Remember to speaking to Solskjaer after that game and him saying that he was the man to bring success to this club, that some of the players would be there and some of them will have gone. And I look back at that footage from the press conference, he looked much younger and fresher then. But the same questions are still being asked of the manager and of the club and the state of the club. It's not unrealistic to answer that. There are doubts, there are worries, but it was only a week ago where everyone was celebrating after that win against RB. Let's hope United get back to some sort of form as soon as possible. From Istanbul, goodbye. So I'm back at Heathrow now, just about to speak to uh, Oli Gunnar for the, the press conference ahead of the Everton game. And the time is running out. If you want the £1 a month offer for The Athletic, I don't think you can get it anywhere else. Um, but if you go to The Athletic um, forward slash... Theathletic.co.uk forward slash United We Stand. If you're a new subscriber, you can get it for a pound a month. And if you can support someone who supports our podcasts, and that'd be good. And also, if you're not into it, you can cancel and it's cost you a couple of quid. As I'm going through the airport, sorry, United fan who I recognised. I saw last saw you in Kazakhstan. Yeah, that was the last time last time I saw you. Introduce yourself. Ivan um, Chumajuk from Ukraine. Um, yeah, someone who's not allowed to UK for trying to go to every European away. So you go to European aways, yeah. but you are allowed in the UK if you're transiting through an airport like Heathrow where we are now, and you're going to Brazil. Yeah, I was supposed to be here for three hours, but I've messed up my flights and I'm here for 14 hours now, which I'm very happy with, because every little help will do. You read your we stand, but you're also telling me about The Athletic. Rather than me plugging it, what do you think? And if you think it's crap, just say it. <laughs> I can't say it, can I? I don't think he's going to listen to it, but yeah, Cal is a very, very critical of United's of late. So, yeah. Cal's one of the United writers. What about the other stuff on there, on The Athletic? No, it's a, it's a good... It's a good it's a good platform. They they do a lot of good stuff, not just about United, but about football in general and basketball, whatever you're into. Yeah. Are you into basketball? Yeah, tennis, basketball. And there's NFL on there anything. as well. Not that I read it. But I don't know anything about NFL, no. But you read the United stuff on there? Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Right. So the first thing you said was that you read my article this morning, which I put up about five minutes before I got on the plane and five minutes after I bumped into you. Um, so... You speak several languages. You've lived in Ukraine, Russia, Holland, and you went to Brazil to study how the Brazilians play football because you'd like to be a coach, and you're going to go to Brazil now for the next four months. You're going to go to Alex Telles's, um hometown. Yeah, I'm going to go to Alex Telles' hometown to my mate and see what is, what is Alex all about and uh, how did we come from a small city all the way to Manchester play for United going to be a good story that hopefully um, what's yeah. your story about supporting United if you're in Kiev or in Sochi in Russia what attracted you to Manchester United I wasn't a football fan no one is, in my family is but um, I was browsing through the telly and I saw Wayne Rooney on the telly and when I was a kid I had very big ears I still do and I looked like him a little bit and then I went to my mum like why am I why am I on the telly and a lot of people who's going to listen to this, they've heard this story so many times, but, well, yeah, I have to, have to say anyway. 
And uh, she was like, no, 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 you're more beautiful than him. But since then, it was all Rooney, Rooney, Rooney for the first two, three years. And then it became all about United. And it still is, yeah. You've got a, lo- a look of Rooney, definitely. Cheers. Yeah, I think you're better looking than Wayne. Thank you. And you're also wearing a, a United top with a Paddington bear on, with a, a United top and a Stone oh, Island uh, and hat on. Well, have a safe flight to Brazil and we'll be joining you for the next podcast. Um, in a few days hopefully with United having beaten Everton who knows what to expect these days goodbye